learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 14. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Allison Kerr. Allison enjoys working with people and organizations making a difference in the world. A true Renaissance woman, Allison's expertise lies in a variety of areas, including business and brand development, strategy, and marketing. Originally from New York, this brand strategist, multidisciplinary designer, and entrepreneur launched her first venture at the age of 20 learning how to take a vision and turn it into a reality at a young age. During a rough season in her life, God revealed to Allison that strong identity and a clear vision were essential to her foundation, but also essential to the success and growth of an organization or business. Out of that rough season, she launched what would become Primal Elements. As its CEO and creative director, Allison works to develop brands, plan impactful marketing strategies, and create unique designs for startups, nonprofits, and small businesses. To date, the Tampa-based agency has served 100-plus clients and brands. Allison received her bachelor's from the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. She currently serves as president-elect of the Tampa Gator Club and is an advisory board member of the Mentoring with Purpose charity. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Allison Kerr. Okay, so Allison, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for having me. I am thoroughly excited to talk to you. I love everything that you're doing. So I, I feel very honored to be a guest on your podcast today. Oh, well, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. So I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for venturing out into entrepreneurship at such a young age and also for helping businesses gain the clarity and direction needed for success. I think that's really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think I ever thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. I think owning a business was something that actually scared me. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, like most people, I guess. But it was something I couldn't really get away from and, you know, kind of started in college and has morphed into what I have now. And now I'm definitely not afraid of it. I absolutely love it and kind of sad that I waited so long to start. But it's been great so far. Good. Good for you. I love that. Okay. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Absolutely. All right. Let's go. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Allison? Absolutely. And can you tell us why you feel this way? Well, I think that we are all innately gifted with the ability to lead and and whether you're having to lead a group of people or just leading yourself like it's something that some people are I would say born with a trait that people are born with and then others have to learn but we all have the ability to be leaders in any sphere of life 
Okay, thank you for that. And you said a key point that I'm very adamant about, which I feel sometimes is overlooked, is that, like you said, whether we're leading a group or leading ourselves, and I think at times people forget that, you know, you can lead yourself and be a leader. You may not be a leader of a crew, but you're still the leader of yourself. And how are you going to choose to lead yourself on a day-to-day basis? So that's a great, great point. Thank you. Does, um, you know, lend itself to even your success as an entrepreneur, like your ability to lead yourself is really going to impact your ability to lead your business and your team and anybody else that you might be working with. So I think it's really important to recognize where your leadership strengths kind of are at their best and when they're not at their best, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. navigate, you know, your world. So exactly, exactly. Okay. So can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? I want to say that I was pretty young. I mean, I've, in my group of friends, I was always the one that people were coming to for advice (laughs) for things. And, you know, being eight years old and being asked, you know, what should I do about my boyfriend? I'm like, girl, you're eight. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Dump him. Like, I don't know. But, you know, if it, whether it was things like that, or, you know, even in, in later on in other leadership positions, like I remember, you know, I grew up in church. And so like, I've always been kind of pushed into some type of leadership position where I was in the front of a bunch of people. And, you know, so I think I was, I don't want to say that. I think it took me a while to, to realize that I actually had the trait for leadership, but my parents, always saw it in me. My, my dad always encouraged me to always be different, you know, to not try to be like everyone else and follow the crowd. And I, I remember the day that he, he told me that we were standing in our kitchen and something happened at school and I was telling him about it. And he was just like, you know, don't be a follower, like be a leader. You don't always try to do what everybody else is doing. And that just always stuck in my mind. And I think it was a lesson that guided me early on and really just adapted itself to my personality because I've, I've always been kind of rogue in that sense. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, going to the grain, like not really trying to follow what everybody else is doing. But, you know, I, I really think that those lessons early on in life um, really hate, helped to like set me on a path to leadership. Okay. Thank you for that. Yes, I can relate to that kind of where people would push me to do things and I didn't know why, but you kind of go with the flow and then realize all along they saw in us what we didn't know yet and were kind of grooming us, right? To step into our light. Yes. And I love, yeah, go roll, right? It's just some people, that's just what they do. It comes natural. So, so I, can, I can definitely, definitely relate to that. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Allison, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Well, that is a really good question. I think one of the things that has helped me in my path to leadership or on the leadership path is watching other leaders do things really well and do things not so well. And I would say that probably in my list of my codes of leadership, I would say that a good leader is someone that is willing to do what no one else is willing to do. No matter what's happening, like I'm not going to just, you know, leave it up to my team or other people in my life to do things that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. 
So I think that leadership has to be modeled before you can ask people to follow you. And you have to kind of disciple people in the way that you want them to to grow and go. So, you know, if you're not setting a good example of that, then they're not going to be motivated or inspired to follow you. I also think that in that code of leadership is also knowing how to or when to say no to things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you understand that too. It's yes. It's, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like it's that's probably one of the the most challenging things for me as a leader is like or even just a person and leading myself, like knowing when to say no to opportunities or just the wrong opportunities, knowing when to slow down and let other people step into things and delegate, you know, instead of trying to just superwoman everything. Mm-hmm ultimately failing, you know, or making myself sick because I'm, I'm so tired <laughs> trying to do everything myself. Mm-hmm. I also think that uh, another code is learning how to set the proper boundaries. So in addition to being able to say no, what, you can only say no if you know where you start and end in things. And so I think as a leader, it's important for me to know how to set those boundaries in my life. And that way I'm not putting myself in circles I don't need to be in or saying yes to opportunities that really don't align with who I am as a person. I don't remember if you asked for three things or, or more, but <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to stop me. But I'll say one more thing, one more thing. I would also say that one of the other things that I used to guide my myself and my leadership potential is just also knowing what to, when it's time to step into something and how to lead yourself through that. Because there's sometimes, and you know this full well, like you get an idea for something and, you know, you're timid about it. You don't want to do it. You know, whether there's something holding you back. And I think that sometimes we look for other people to show up before we do to make sure it's okay. Mm. <laughs> you know? And sometimes, you know, I found myself like not wanting to be the only one or getting tired of being the only one, quote unquote, you know, in my circle of either friends or influence that's doing something. And sometimes I think leadership requires that you are willing to go it alone, that you're willing to take the hard road and chart the path that may not lead anywhere, even if no one else is going to follow you, you know, and that's a little scary sometimes, but I think in in charting my own path, it's definitely not disappointed me. Has it been easy? Absolutely not. But I've never been disappointed by, you know, going against the grain. Okay. Thank you for those. I I love them all. I love them all. And I'm just going to do a a quick recap. I love your no, right? Because no is a complete sentence. And a lot of people have to get comfortable with that, right? We are, I think, taught to appease and please people whereby that's fine as long as you're not sacrificing yourself to do so. So learning that no and being comfortable with it is a journey in itself and definitely a great code of leadership. You also talked about being able to learn by looking at people for what they are doing good versus what they're not doing that may not be so good. And I think the key point there is you know, because we always talk about, oh, get the good from people. But you can also look at the bad and learn, like, that's what you don't want to do. And for some, it's like you can take on the bad or you can choose to use that as a, this is what I don't want to do. So 
really being conscious of not adopting the negative behaviors that we see and that we experience and making sure that we do the opposite of that, especially if it doesn't align with who we are. Boundaries, I can't speak enough about boundaries. Boundaries are super important. And like you said, it allows you to know where you begin and where you end. So that's a great tip. And I love the, when it's time to step into something, I felt like you were talking to me. I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) I have something going on right now that I've been hesitating on. So like you said, it is when you are, when there's no one's out there doing it, or, you know, you don't have people in your circle that are, it can be a little intimidating, a little lonely, but I love your advice to take the hard road and, and chart the path. So thank you so much for that. All right. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Allison, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Lord, how many stories would you like? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, this question is just your view. The next question is for you to give us an experience. All right. Well, we'll come back to that. But my, my view on failure, I think like most of us, I have a love-hate relationship with failure. You know, I think that I'm learning to see the beauty in failure, that it really does help you to to learn how to bounce back quickly, you know, from a mistake or even protect you from a mistake. Because a lot of times we look at failure in a negative way, but we don't really step back to see the lessons that are in it, and even the the nuggets of, of wisdom that we can learn from those mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I think that failure has such a, a wonderful purpose for us as human beings. And it keeps us humble too, because we're not perfect. You know, we don't have this figured out. I think only God does. And at the end of the day, like, we're never going to be able to do everything just right, you know? So I think it also helps to create a character of like perseverance and an endurance in you when you do have to go through uh, multiple failures over and over again throughout your life. So, you know, I think that I'm learning how to make failure my friend. Okay. Yes. Good for you. And I do agree that making failure your friend is a great way to look at failure, you know, and it helps you to get what you need to get out of it. You said one thing that really stuck out to me and I thought that was good, right? Because usually, like you said, failure is negative. However, you want to look at it. No one wants for things not to work out the way they think it should or the way they wanted it to. But like you said, failure can even be for our protection. Mm -hmm. So we never know what the exact purpose of the failure is, but, you know, just accepting it and Gleaning the good from it helps us to get where we need to go. So thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now on to the details, right? So, can, Allison, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from your experience to help you become a better leader? Uh, I'll use, I'll use, yeah, last year. Let's use last year as an example. Last year was uh, an interesting. I'm going to call it an experiment because I. I think it was the first time that I was bringing on team members into my business and, you know, I had someone that I was working with and I think that, you know, my management style is a little bit more laissez-faire than most, well, I'm going to say most people, I would just speak for me. My management style is a lot more laissez-faire than like authoritative or 
any other trait. And I think because I was so hands-off in some ways that it created a lot of unnecessary problems within the business. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really like move on them fast enough because I am a lot more open and, and giving and letting people kind of just do what they want. You know, if somebody tells me, Hey, I've got this talent, I've got this ability, I want to do it. I'm like, all right, cool. I trust you run with it. You're passionate about it, make it happen. But what didn't come with that was I think enough guidance and also course correcting to say, Hey, maybe this really isn't for you. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, maybe you really need to like, you know, try something else, you know, and eventually it, it worked itself out. But it was like, you know, something that went on for almost a year in the business um, that probably shouldn't have taken that long. And, you know, looking back, I was, you know, I'm asking myself, like, why didn't I just like, you know, say something? And I think, you know, it was just that fear of like, not wanting to disappoint someone or make them feel bad or, you know, you start to think about all those things as opposed to like, Hey, well, this is my company. It's my brand. I got to make sure that things are running as smoothly as possible because at the end of the day, it's going to affect me. So I would say that that's probably one of the instances where at least most recently that I felt like I've, I could have done a much better job of leading you know, this individual in that space. And it is what it is, but like, it's one of those things where I had to learn to embrace that challenge. So does that answer your question? No, it does. It does answer my question. And it actually made me think of a point that I've heard time and time again, and I do understand is necessary for effective leadership is that leaders have to make tough decisions. We have to make tough decisions and we have to have hard conversations. And that can be intimidating. And like you said, especially when you you know, have compassion for other people and you don't want to put them off or make them feel bad. But at the end of the day, it's about, you know, the larger goal for everyone, which I would hope their goal would be to be successful in the role that they wanted. And of course, your goal, you know, to have a successful company. So I understand that completely. And um, thanks for that. And I love how you were talking about how basically how you realize that guidance and course correction is needed. Because it is, you know, so that that's a great takeaway to learn from from your experience. So do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? I would say both. <laughs> I think that it's definitely easier in the one sense because women have this built-in intuition and grace that allows us to be sensitive to the world around us and the needs of other people and to be able to read situations and to make decisions in a really intuitive way. I think that's a gift that we've been blessed with. On the other hand, you know, because we are so into, sometimes I feel like our emotions can get in the way of allowing us to be effective leaders. And mostly because we don't really, I think it mostly stems from us not really knowing who we are and our self-worth and our identity. And I know that's something that I struggled with. You know, it, it, it made me, not being aware of those things made it difficult for me to step into the leadership spaces that I was called to. So, you know, you deal with imposter syndrome and just all these, these lists of insecurities and fears and 
know, you start procrastinating on things because you're just scared. You know, you just don't understand. You're not, you know, aware of your own greatness. And so because of that, or you're scared of it sometimes too, <laughs> you know, I think that it can, it can end up limiting us as women, but I think the more we are aware of who we are and more in tune with our emotional IQ and, and all of that, that we really can do amazing things. So that would be my take. Okay. Thanks for that. So that's interesting. Like I I heard that it was harder in some ways, you know, I heard you say both, but I was listening to the ways that it was harder. Right. And to me, it sounds like a lot of times we may get in our own way as women and make things harder than it needs to be. I mean, and it's not even on purpose. Like you said, like imposter syndrome is not anything that you go pick up off the shelf and say, yes, I want to take this home with me, Right. you know, right. but but it's real and it exists, you know, and, and as women, we see all of these pictures of what they say we should be or should do or should look like, you know, so being able to see what we see, but still be okay with who we are and figure out how to adjust ourselves according to what we need, you know, what we're okay with essentially the key, right? So I like that. Okay. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Yes. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Allison, can you share or do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Well, I think the first thing is that you have to give yourself a lot of grace because Mm. figuring out what works for you it's going to take some time, you know, like there's so many different things out there, so many different solutions for how do you actually, you know, become the most efficient with your, your time. And I think at the, you can spend more time trying to adapt someone else's method of productivity than actually being effective, mm. <laughs> actually getting work done. And so I think my first tip would be to, give yourself a lot of time and space to figure out what works for you mm-hmm. and you know, not to be afraid to try things and not to be hard on yourself is something that doesn't work out. Cause again, part of the journey in leadership and entrepreneurship is knowing who you are and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So I feel like every year I've had to switch up what works for me, just depending on what's going on in life. Mm-hmm. So My other tip would be to be flexible because whatever you do this year or even six months from now may not work, you know, six months later or a year later. So, you know, be flexible with, with whatever it is that you're, you're doing and don't get boxed into one productivity hack or another. But I will say one thing that has helped me in the past and even, even now is chunking out my days. So I have a lot of different responsibilities and it can be difficult to get everything done. So what works for me is to dedicate a specific day to a specific task or um, business. So if I'm working on, you know, my, you know, branding and consulting uh, business with Primal, like then I would maybe pick out two or three days out of the week that I need to get stuff done and, and really focus on what I need to do on those two or three days, make a list, you know, so I can cross it off. Cause I love crossing things off my mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it just feels really cathartic for some reason. I don't know. And then whatever the other days are, whether it's, you know, running errands or my, my other 
volunteer and charity commitments. Like I'll, you know, dedicate specific days to that. So that way I can focus because I get distracted. I don't know about you, but I, I get distracted. Yeah, and guilty. <laughs> so, you know, I have to like force myself to say, okay, today you are only allowed to work on this one thing. And then, you know, if it's not today, then you can push it off till tomorrow, which also feeds my need to procrastinate a little bit. So <laughs> um, it was like this built-in procrastination um, hack. I'm like, I don't know. I think I end up tricking myself into doing work because that's what I have to do sometimes. But, you know, that, that's that been really successful for me. I'd also say, you know, like I, again, going back to the whole list thing, like I cannot get anything done if I don't put it down on a sheet of paper or in my project management tool. I use a project management tool called Asana. It's free. It's great. And you can use it for a lot of different things, whether it's scheduling social media or creating content calendars or just creating like lists and checklists for different projects or client work. So I use it for a lot of different stuff, but I just added in a, like a brain dump section because it has boards in there, kind of like almost like Trello. And so for every single bucket of, you know, things that I have said yes to all my responsibilities, I have like a, a board that I created and I create you know, I just go in and put in all of my to-do list for that particular bucket and, you know, I'll assign, you know, due dates to it. So I have, it shows up on my calendar, on my phone and I see it and I have to get it done. <laughs> so, you know, that's been really helpful. You know, I, I know a lot of other people would have a lot of other tips, but that is what works for me. And I've tried so many different things over the years. And, you know, I know that because I understand how I work and how I function, that that's one of the best ways for me to actually get things done. And then at the end of the week, like I feel 10 times more accomplished because I knocked out, you know, the 30 things I had on my to-do list that week. So those are some of the things that I've worked. Okay. Thank you for that. I love what you said as far as like being flexible, you know, and adapting to the changes that life brings, because if not, that'll drive us crazy in itself. Right. And then to get to know yourself, because, you know, you could listen to tips from whomever, but if it's not in alignment with who you are, then those tips are not going to work for you. So that's a great, great point. And then trial and error, right? Like once you figure out who you are, see what fits and what doesn't and be willing to adjust that as things change. So thank you so much for that. And I love your um, procrastination hack because I am a struggling procrastinator. I'm I'm not going to even claim it. I have struggled with procrastination over the years. I'm coming out. I'm going to say I'm coming out. But um, Yeah. yeah, but I love that, you know, even just to feed it a little bit, you know, whereby you don't allow it to overtake you, you know, but you give yourself that one day grace period. So Absolutely. All right. So Allison, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway? So I think one of the things that has really influenced my leadership and blessed it in a way was someone always being willing to give me a chance. I'll share like one specific story. Right when I started my business seven years ago, I had just come out of a, um, a situation where I was let go from my job and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had this 
degree from, you know, one of the top universities in the country. And I didn't have a job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, really strange to me. And I was feeling very defeated. And I remember when I did get a job, I was looking for something part-time because I'd, you know, started up my company. I was doing graphic design projects on the side and building websites, like nothing like what I'm doing now. And, you know, then boss, you know, gave me a major opportunity to step into leadership and take over all the marketing for the company, as well as eventually all of the sales. So when that happened, it's like it lit a fire under me and gave me back a confidence that I've lost from, you know, losing my job, my previous job. And the fact that I was actually successful at it and, you know, was responsible for bringing in all of this money. I mean, this company was making, you know, almost $6 million a year. And I was responsible for all of that. Mm, nice. <laughs> And so I'm just like, uh, you want me to do what with what? And are you sure? Cause I don't know that I can do this. And, you know, you remember they fired me and, you know, and it wasn't getting fired. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing. It was a catalyst, the catalyst that I needed to be where I'm at now. But at the time I had lost so much like confidence in myself. So being able to be in that position was such a, an awesome blessing to my life and, and my career at such a young age, because I think I was 25 when I stepped into the management position. And that's not really heard of. Usually, you know, you're at least maybe like early 30s, like late 20s or before you get an opportunity like that. So I was very fortunate to have that position. And I think that seeing how my boss like handled me in that particular situation gave me even just a foundation for for how to treat other people and giving them opportunities to step up in leadership and how to groom them into leaders. So, you know, I'm using a lot of those, those same tactics now when it comes to running my business, but I don't think if that opportunity had happened, I wouldn't be exactly who I am today. So. Okay. Thank you for that. That's a great story to share. And I do agree that when people give us a chance, that is, it's like you said, it's life changing, you know, because how will we know what we can do if we aren't given the ability to illustrate it? Right. So that's, that's great for a confidence booster and getting us to where we need to be. Allison, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? That's a really, really good question. I think one of the best things that has ever been passed down to me was to always give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, to never just assume the worst in someone or look for the worst because you just really never know what someone's going through. And, you know, it it wasn't necessarily said to me, but it was modeled to me in several instances in the leaders that I found myself around throughout the years. And I think that that's something that has guided me even in the type of clients that I work with and the people that I surround myself with, that you always want to assume the best in people, um, even though it's hard sometimes because sometimes people don't show up as their best self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I've always tried to look beneath the surface 
and see what the root of people's intentions are or their hurts, whatever it is, you know, and not judge them or come at them based on, you know, where they're, where they're showing up from, where they're, where they're coming from, but to really, you know, treat them differently based on, on the root, you know, based on like where their, their perspective lies. So I think that's one of the, the things that has guided me thus far. I feel like that's how God treats us. He doesn't judge us for, you know, the Mm -hmm. things that we can't do or don't do well. And I think that as a leader, it's important to always look beyond the surface. Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. I love it, love it, love it. And I I do believe that that's great advice. And I've even, I think the first time I actually heard that advice was reading the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, right? So <laughs> yes, you know, so even in, you know, relationships, right? Like it's so, to me, it's so easy to pay attention to the surface level. That's easy, you know, but digging deeper gets you to a deeper revelation of yourself, a better understanding of the other person. And to me, everything you said is basically having compassion and making decisions based off of compassion. And and that allows us to see people for people as opposed to for circumstances or for their actions, but for the people that are underneath all of that. So that's really great advice. Absolutely. Okay, so you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I feel good. (laughs) Great, great. All right. Well, Allison, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Sure. So my website is allisoncurr.com. And you'll be able to see everything that I've got going on based on or at that website. And if you'd like to reach me, my email address is allison at goprimal.com. And that's my my branding consulting company. And it's just my first name, allison at g-o-p-r-y-m-e-l.com. So where can they go to your Facebook or to your website to find out more? Yeah, if you know if you're looking for you know updates on events or courses, things that I'm doing, then definitely follow me on Facebook. I do have a Facebook page, search um, Allison Kerr, and I will come up. Um, You can also follow me on Instagram um, at Allison Renee. And yeah, just stay in touch and, you know, see what we're working on. Okay. Well, thank you, Allison. We appreciate your insight today. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me, Nicole. You're welcome. enjoyed this interview with Allison, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Allison's viewpoint on the importance of setting boundaries with ourselves as a tool for better decision-making. Setting boundaries requires self-awareness and self-reflection. When we know who we are and how we operate, we have the power to choose more wisely. As Allison shared, Boundaries give us the ability to avoid burnout when necessary by providing the confidence to say no and the understanding to slow down. A quote by Anna Taylor reads, love yourself enough to set boundaries. Your time and energy are precious. 
you get to choose how you use it. You teach people how to treat you by deciding what you will and won't accept. I admire Allison's ability to self-reflect and accept her role in situations that did not turn out the way she envisioned. As an effective leader, we must examine ourselves to figure out how we can course correct for the future. Allison's realization of herself as a laissez-faire leader helped her to see where she could have done better and avoided some unnecessary issues amongst her team. Allison's ability to process at this level is wonderful and is definitely what successful leaders do. A quote by Stephen R. Covey reads, don't argue for other people's weaknesses. Don't argue for your own. When you make a mistake, admit it, correct it, and learn from it immediately. I can relate to Allison's issues with getting distracted easily and procrastinating, as I experience the same. Learning to accept our weaknesses is not easy, yet it is absolutely necessary if we want to get past them. Because Allison knows herself, she has figured out a way to, as she says, trick herself into getting the job done in spite of her flaws. When we know better, we have the opportunity to do better. Unfortunately, many people do not know better and are stuck. Don't be these people. A quote by Balthasar Gratian reads, self-reflection is the school of wisdom. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Allison mentioned that we should always give people the benefit of the doubt and never assume the worst because we never know what people are going through. Allison gave great advice to look beneath the surface and try to find the root cause of people's actions and behaviors so we can have a larger view of the picture. I will make it my business to continue to dig deeper into occurrences and not take things at surface level so I am a more compassionate leader. I understand that shallow observations provide shallow findings, so I will dig deeper as I want a deeper understanding. A quote by Jill Bolt Teller reads, when we are being compassionate, we consider another's circumstance with love rather than judgment. To be compassionate is to move into the right here, right now, with an open heart consciousness and a willingness to be supportive. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you will be to think about the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled Dig Deeper with Allison Kerr. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.